episode 18. I don't know why I always do that in a weird accent. Hey, uh, what episode is it? It's 18. <laughs> 18. We had a weird thing where we just uh, recorded our next guest, realized it was episode 18. Uh, she mentions her son turned 18, and we had recorded it on the 18th. So there's some magic happening. That's right. What is the 18th hour? Do you know? Six. That's right. I was, was that a quiz? We... Yeah, maybe. Our next we guest were. is Cynthia D. Spillman, and she is an abstract painter. I just want to say that this is a pretty rad episode. If you are searching for your dharma, your deepest passion in the world, Cynthia is living her dharma. And just listening to this podcast, I mean, we got chills during the interview. You really can feel, you can feel what it feels like through her to live your dharma. Yeah, the energy was flowing. I mean, she's just such a enjoyable person in general. But with all these other things added, you're like, oh my God. You would ask for a hug, I'll tell you that much. Even in COVID times. Cynthia Spillman, coming up. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, when living your dream is the only option. I'm Julie Slater. I am Jason Friday. We have searched high and low for people living their dharma, living out their true passions, and we share their stories with you. Here we go. A quick little bio intro for Cynthia. Her work is an invitation to explore the relationship between truth and expression and to unveil and communicate the fundamental innocence and uniqueness inherent in life and in the individual. Why, welcome, Cynthia. <laughs> welcome. I'm like, what an intro, my god! I'm gosh. like, I listen to that, it's like, shoot me now. <laughs> I thought you would be like, wow, that person's pretty cool. Who's that? Are they coming somebody, on the show too? Somebody, somebody wrote that for me, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. To live is to voice, is you, to create. Do you know that another yeah. Julie wrote that? A marketing whiz wrote that. Because she, she oh, knows. Nice. She knows my work. It's true. Yeah. And how yes. dharmic is that? Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> right? right? Very. Very dharmic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very. So uh, just to give the listener the background with Cynthia and I. So Cynthia went by Cynthia D on the radio. Did you have other radio names? We we were both no. radio people, and that's how we met. No, Cynthia D? Yeah, it's, all, it's always been that. And we met at 100.3 The Sound, which was a classic rock station here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, we were both soul sisters on the radio. Totally. I looked so forward when I would see you. We uh, both worked on a Saturday shift. And I would just be like, oh, Cynthia. And she became my guru of sorts. You became you really my helped friend. Me. Your guru-rette, perhaps. Yeah, your guru exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do have a question. Were you on before the switch to, or the flip, I guess you could say, to classic rock? Were, were you, you on, on when it yes. was for 10 months, when it was cool new music? Oh, wow. That's cool. Yes. Not a lot of people could say that. <laughs> no, that's what we thought we were hired, was for that. <laughs> For 10 months, right. it was For literally my favorite station in the whole world. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. It was super played really fun. great new music. And then it flipped to classic rock, which was fun, but it was just not the same as, I love a mix. Yeah. The format was AAA before it flipped, so that was a mix of classic rock and new music. Yes. Got to hang I mean, with oh Chris God, Cornell so cool. in an intimate environment. Remember Swing that? Wow. Yeah. 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 You brought Chris Cornell on in that little private concert that we had. And I even pet him a little bit. Did. Nice. <laughs> Which was probably, child. I hate to say, it's a little bit of a me too moment because yeah. I did pet yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. We miss Chris you, Chris. thought about that many times. After. We do. We I remember you, my Chris. mic broke. My yeah, mic broke, and I had to share his, and he thought I was lying just so I could get closer to him. <laughs> I, I remember like, that, case. too. I'm not lying. I actually need to be oh real close God. to you. That <laughs> is so funny. I know. Uh, it was. But that was and a really, you know, uh, I look back at my days in New York. I worked at K-Rock following Howard Stern, and I look back at those days so like, oh, my gosh, we had no idea where we were. But even looking back at the beginning of the sound, yeah. I mean, we did these intimate performances with, I don't know, maybe 20, 40 people in the audience. Yes. It was like an acoustic thing. Yes. And we really had some top artists like Chris Cornell, and it, it was you know, talk about being able to give the listener a, a real intimate experience. That was yeah. pretty wild. It definitely wasn't the um, Pershing Square shows, which were also intimate that you emceed a lot of. Oh, uh, yeah. the and I also Square played. Shows? I played Pershing you Square played twice. Pershing oh, my Square. Gosh. That's right. Yeah. One you time I opened up for, um, for Led Zepp again. <laughs> Led Zepp again. <laughs> yeah, that famous Zeppelin tribute band. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was super fun. But oh, I forgot. You're here to be interviewed. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Jason. It's your turn, Jason. How are the good old days? Yeah, what do you, you got, Jason? Right? Um, okay, so besides you guys being radio buddies, friends, gurus together, rats, how do you fit in? Yeah. How, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Because of Cynthia, because That's of Cynthia, right. I missed That's... your. I missed your huge record release party with Rival Tides because I went to an enlightenment <laughs> retreat in Mount Baldy. Finally, I'm something about me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> it's okay. It was that that show was a lot of work. It was super fun and very cool, but it was a very uh, a lot of work put into it. And I was like, you know what? Go free yourself because that's be more important <laughs> right. technically. Right. And where would this podcast so. be without Julie freeing herself? <laughs> yeah. It was all the steps leading up to my dharma of hosting because right. I have two podcasts. Yeah. And Jason, hopefully you videotaped yours so at least I and, you know, we could YouTube it. Yeah, we do have it on VHS. Oh, my God. You know, there are shows that I wish I had videotaped that would be on VHS uh, yeah. because that's yeah. how long ago it was. And I never did do that. And it's a, it's a yeah. small reg regret with quotes I put because uh, I just move yeah. on. But, you know. That's so <laughs> I know. All right, Cynthia. Yeah. Um, yes. Why don't we start talking about what were the steps that led you? You actually, we should play that clip right now. I, I was just about to say that. <laughs> What Do you have that? Oh, is it right here? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the voice message that you left us when we first started the podcast. Oh, that I said, yeah, okay, yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Jules, <laughs> this is so fun. I can't wait to listen to your and Jason's podcast, and you should interview me because I am seriously living my dharma, baby, and I had to nearly give up a left arm for it. <laughs> Mwah. Yeah, just that. What did you think it was? <laughs> yeah, I have had no. With knowing you, it was who the knows? secret recording we have of you. I, I, I had to cut off an arm and a leg, I but I'm living arm. my dream, baby. Is exactly. what you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, just to remind people, if you want to leave us a voice message, you can go to anchor.fm/slash. Because I have to. Who knows? Maybe you'll be our next guest. So, tell us 
Well, what is your dharma? And I guess, how'd you get there? Oh my gosh, that's a huge question. I thought you were going to make it really <laughs> like, <laughs> like what happened in, you know, like on to that Tuesday. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so so here's what happened. So I'm a painter, as the as as Julie's wonderful um, by little uh, abridged bio said. So I've been an artist my whole life. And as Ms. Slater mentioned, um, I have been leading these things called enlightenment intensives, where they're, they're deep inquiry uh, retreats. They're not really a, re they're not really a retreat. Uh, you know, intensive is really a, a, an accurate word, but it's a four-day, um, let's well, I'll just call it retreat for these purposes, of, of inquiring into the nature of yourself or life or other or love. That's like one part of my walk in life. The other part of my walk in life is that I was I was born an artist, and um, in let's see, my son was born in 2002, and I packed up my studio in Venice at that point when I was pregnant because you know I was using. Were a you lot a of painter then? I was a painter then. When you yeah. say artist, painter, yeah, a painter, yeah. I had graduated from art school in 2001, and oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Holy yeah. So I had a studio in Venice. I had a, a garage that was a, a studio conversion, and it was amazing little space. And, and then I had to pack it up when I was pregnant. I decided to pack it up. I chose to do that. And then what ended up happening was I didn't paint for 10 years. You know, I was so happy being a mother, and truly being a mother became my dharma. I mean, I was, I was absolutely, it was my purpose. It still is my purpose. You know, it still is very dharmic for me, but you know, it was, I, I pushed everything aside. I was doing a little bit of radio. I think, um, I met, I met you guys when my son was young and I was still doing some voiceover work, but really I packed up the thing that I felt like was really my soul, as it says in the, in the bio, you know, I, it was like putting your soul in a box or in, in this case, it was, you know, I had a lot of stuff. So it was a lot of boxes and I had a lot of paintings and, and I just tucked them away. And that was 10 years. And then I might've I might made one painting. It was clear to me that even with radio, even with voiceover, that the thing about Dharma in, in my experience is it's very different from oh my God, I've got such a fun job. I love what I'm doing, you know? And it's like, it's really great. And I get paid well and, you know, and I'm so lucky. And, you know, and I, I'd had, I mean, being in radio is, as you know, you guys know, I mean, it's super fun. It can be super fun and it's a great gig. And you're like, this is great. But it, it definitely wasn't my dharma. It was just a really great job. And I'd had, and voiceover is really great. And I loved it. And I still love it. But it definitely was not my dharma. Painting had a whole different, it, it took me in a different way. It was literally like, you know, a, a, a part of my being. And so um, something had happened, uh, and I don't exactly remember what it was at this, at this point, but something had happened where my son had said something to me, you know, and he was about, um, I guess, about 11 at the time. And he said something to me like, well, he didn't call me a loser, but it was basically like, who are you? You know, like, what are you? Like, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing? What do you do? What do you, he, like, he didn't get it. And I thought, isn't that interesting for kids, right? Like kids, you know, cause he and I are still really close and he somehow saw that I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. You know, I was showing up for work, you know, occasionally when I could get it, you know, that kind of thing. 
Yeah. And you know, you know what that that's like. And, you know, and then you're just like, you need a paycheck and you're like, that's what your whole thing is. I need the paycheck and I need the paycheck. And you're, you're completely caught up and stuck in that, caught up and stuck in that, you know? And so, so there's your whole being that's going unseen unrecognized, you know, by yourself, really. And now by my son, you know, like, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, this little you know kid, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> I just wanted to bring up, uh, yeah. I have a sensei, his name is Jim Fortin, and he talks about how kids born after 1980 are born with a higher frequency than, than we were. And oh, that's yeah. why they can totally tune in and know. Yeah. I, t- I yeah. totally have that sense also. You know, I mean, the whole indigo children thing, you know, you've probably heard about the indigo kids and he's a really sensitive soul. He knows who he is. He knows who he is already. He just knows who he is. You know, it's kind of like it's wow. been done. Yeah, it's been done. It's been handled. Yeah. yeah. So, so cool. all of this work and, you know, and here's where the, here's where the enlightenment intensive work comes into play. My, you know, which has been my practice for 35 years, deep inquiry practice into who I am. And there I am not living the truth of me, you know? <laughs> Just living the, you know, and we all know this, right? We all know this because, you know, half the world is in this conundrum, so to speak, of not living the truth of who they are. If not more, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I don't even, I don't want to, you know, I kind of threw that out there because I have no clue really how many, but I think, I think you're right. I mean, so that's why we, you know, everybody starts searching at some point or they start crashing and burning at some point. And, you know, so... The, you know, the next phase of the story. Am I talking too much? Yeah, please be quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does anybody else ever ask? <laughs> no, like, they just keep talking, actually. So radio, no, I'm like, no, you're, <laughs> you're the, go, what do you guys think? <laughs> you're the only one that has the curiosity and concern. <laughs> you? Don't of, the previous guests, By please. the way, should I stop? Because everybody else is like, La 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 la. <laughs> We're kidding, previous we, guests. We love you. We love you. Well, I think okay. you were going exactly where I was going to go. What led you then to go back to painting? Like, wouldn't yeah. the first time you were like, oh, I'm going to pick that back up? Yeah. Well, so well, so the, the thing with my son was an eye opener, needless to say. You know, it was a real, Yeah. he might have even called me a loser. I don't know. But it was like close. You know, it was just like, <laughs> he was just like. What in God's name is going on here? And then I get a call from, um, and this is literally not long after, I had gotten a call from somebody a few weeks maybe, who up here in Aptos, an, an old friend from the community, the Enlightenment Intensive community, who out of nowhere said, hey, you know, my mother's house is empty now. And would you have any desire to, you know, like come up and rent it? And I thought, well, no, I live in LA and I have a, you know, kid and, you know, the whole thing. And, and I just, I had a sense that not only would my son probably not want to come up with me, but I didn't think his father would want him to come up. And that's exactly how it was. But, you know, I ended up coming up to look at this, this house, which I'm still living in now. So that was six years ago. I came up and I thought, oh my God, you know, Miles would love it. My son, and you know, he would love it. And he'd he'd think it was amazing. And, And I just thought, you know, well, maybe, maybe he would, you know, and and he really, he seriously considered it. And, but, but what happened was that I, I began waking up in the middle of the night, like somebody was stabbing me with a knife in my stomach. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you I'm know, getting wel- chills just hearing this. You no know, kidding. Wel- yeah, welcome seriously. to the Dharmic path. Welcome to the Dharmic path. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah, this makes me want to cry because you're the name of your podcast. And it was like, you have to, you have to. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting the chills everywhere too. It's kind of wild, but um, <laughs> it's like really, really it's weird. It's the greatest chill feeling, though. Really, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like tingling. It it's weird, really but it's weird. So good, though. But it was, yeah. you know, yeah. I was so terrified, and it was making me sick. Like I, like I just thought, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't leave him. I can't leave him. And I decided I wasn't going to. I just decided I wasn't going to because not only, you know, for me, do you not leave your your child. You know, this is my, this is where I was at the time, you know, like they come first above all. And, you know, now here we are years later. I mean, that's a natural mother reaction, but I've come to find out speaking to so many mothers that it can't be that way, you know, to use that proverbial, you know, you got to put your face mask on first, you know, when you're in the airplane, you have to put it on yourself first and then you put it on your child. Right. So when, when I, when he came up, you know, I had decided that I wasn't going to do it. And then I thought, well, you know, I want him to see it anyway. And he thought it was like incredibly cool, you know, but he was young. He was, he was 12 at the time, 11 or 12. I don't think he realized, you know, what it would actually mean. And I don't think I realized, but I knew that I, I knew that it really wasn't about choice at this point. It was yeah. This your path is laid out in front of you and I had been doing this yes prayer where I was practicing saying yes, right? Because because God only knows why. <laughs> and um <laughs> right. And then I so I I said to him, "Okay, well yes." And he said, "Okay, I need a deposit." And you know, and then it and then the ball began rolling. I you know, almost to this day I don't know how it all happened other than my partner at the time, you know, moved me up here. I mean, it was like support started coming and I'm sure you guys hear this, you know, this, the crazy thing about suddenly when you're saying yes to what's supposed to be, you know, what you're here for (laughs) things. Exactly. 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 It's so good. Like, no, I love it. No, No, and, and I was and around you during that time. You were, you were around like, me. The decision, for yeah. Sure. And, yeah, yeah. You guys know, and it was really yeah. intense, you know. And then I came up, and I and I didn't think about painting, you know. And all I could think of was my son's there, and I'm here. But what happened? And this is sort of the the cutoff point is that. I had been in training for this this other thing I do called clearing, mind clearing. I think Julie did we we did mind clearing, right? Yeah. So I we I had did. been in training for that. And the um the guy who did the training in Canada, he said to me, it, like he saw me almost like my son. And he said, after the end of, of this these three days of training, he said, Um, you're an artist, right? And I said, Yeah. And he said, you know, um uh, it's just my experience that when you're an artist, if you're not living your art, if you're not doing your art, life doesn't go as well for artists. Sometimes they become depressed. Yeah. Relationships don't go as well. You know, it's, he just said life doesn't go as well. And it, and it like, you know, hit me between the eyes right then. And I knew that he was right. I knew that I had been 
probably quasi depressed, you know, for a while. I, you know, I, I didn't really realize it, but, and so, you know, when I, I began taking these classes, these encaustic classes, I didn't even know what it was and it's wax and oil paint. And I started taking these classes and it was literally like my, my whole, um, everything exploded everything exploded. It was like my life and I, which are synonymous, lit up, like lit up like nobody's business. And the next thing I know, I was painting. I mean, I made so much work in two years. You know, I must have, I must have made 50, 60 paintings in two years. And, um, and so there it was. And I, you know, and I also drove down to LA every two weeks. And this is, you know, this too, you guys know this. Um, yeah. you saw like me. Right. Six or eight yeah. I did that for two years, every two weeks to, to be with my son for four days. And then I'd come back and I would paint because it was saving me. So the painting, you know, was the thing that was saving my soul, essentially my grief from not being with my son who I'd been with for, you know, his whole life. Um, while at the same time, it was saving my soul in the sense of, you know, don't worry, you've, you'll be fine. You know, I'm just speaking from the divine. You'll be, I'm, you know, like, this is what you're here to do and you'll be fine. And so that's pretty much what happened, you know? And I, I mean, I began showing pretty quickly. Like I, like everything started unfolding after what felt like, you know, like, you know, being in a, you know, a basketball in a hose for a long time, you know, but everything yeah. just started like unfolding. And, and this is not from a book, right? This is not like I was laughing, you guys, because I went online and I, I, I looked at something. I thought there's a book called Living Your Dharma. And I couldn't believe how many posts, how many different things about how to live your Dharma, right? <laughs> 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 Here's like, how you live your Dharma. Oh, dharma if it's that easy, dummies. why isn't everybody exactly. doing it? Let's come up with Dharma for Dummies. Come on. Dharma for dharma Dummies. For dummies. Brilliant. Oh, my God. Slater. Brilliant. Don't steal. This is, I'm copywriting this idea right now, now on this podcast. Now. That's brilliant. You know what's funny, though? Listening to you, it really, like, so everyone's always looking for the 10 steps to living my Dharma. But it's funny when, even though it's almost like when you finally give into it, it happens so easily. It's sort of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. you've worked hard at that. Yeah. yeah. But I you've mean, worked... it's really the steps are just do it, find it, live it. And like you said, but, it, you know, you say it'll all just work out. A lot of times we create a lot of anxiety around that. that yeah. Right. Know, Where not will it out. work out? And, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. if you just give in. Yeah, exactly. Everything and... always works out. Exactly. That's right. It's the mind, right? There's the mind again. You know, it was like that was the, my mind stabbing me in the stomach every night, you know? And I think that, don't right. you guys think that's true from the people that you've talked to? That it's like if you really are, if you really are going to say yes to that path, you know, it's like, look out. <laughs> look out. Because yeah. it's yeah. not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. All right. You, know, you may not be like sitting there on top of that cake going, isn't this great? I love my job. <laughs> it may right. not look like that. You may right. have to swim with sharks for a minute. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, that was my experience. Right. You know, that may not. I, I mean, it's only my experience. And so then this is when I called you and left you that message. This is the reason why I called you and left you that message so boldly. You know, I'm living my Dharma now. 
is because painting is truly, I mean, I, I, was, I was born an artist, you know, I've been an artist my whole life. So that's just sort of fact. But, and I have to express, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to express. But then there was this whole other piece that, that you know intimately from me, Julie, you know, is, is that this, you know, my desire for enlightenment and truth and the depth of that longing, you know, to come home to the truth of my nature, to come home to what is actually real and, you know, and so, and so um, was so, that longing was so strong in me from the time I was, you know, 18, 19, right in there. It kicked in. I couldn't figure out how those two, like I don't, I don't understand how they could meet. Like there's doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like this longing is here, and I'm here to do this, and this is how I want to serve the world. But I'm a painter. I'm an artist. You know, it's like where does the where do those two? They don't. It doesn't make any sense. And I think you and I had discussions about this. Does like, it all make sense now, though? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It does. And I one hundred percent certainty. Yeah. One hundred percent certainty. But I You had to let yeah. go of what it looked like. I had to yeah, let go right. of what I thought it was supposed to look like. And that thing again of like fix like I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna go find it. No, I had to like kind of beat myself up, beat my my head against the wall, you know, trying to figure it out. And I couldn't figure it out, you know? And that's the you truth. You had to lay on the train track and wait I for had the to train. <laughs> Or you had to let it go, let it go. go. Oh, Oh, sing to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So do you do you have a show happening right now? I don't have a show happening right now, but but my because of COVID. Actually, I've got three pieces. What am I saying? I've got three pieces. In the first show, it's in Santa Cruz, and it's called 450, 450 Pieces, and it's split over three galleries, and I have three pieces. They're all brand new in that show. But, you know, the biggest thing that, that happened to me was in March of last year. March 6th, my show at the Monterey Museum of Art opened, and I had a solo show there. And, you know, I mean, I was, I never imagined anything like that happening. You know, again, it's just how things, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I just on a whim, I, I sent this whole, this whole thing to the, the curator and they said yes. And it was, it was just unbelievable, you know, and then my show opened and a week later, COVID closed the museum. So yeah, I was going to say literally a week. A I'll never weekend. forget. Yeah. I got a solid <laughs> weekend. I got an opening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And right. they, you know, they kept the pieces wow. in there for two months and they had them virtually online. But, you know, now here we are. I'm just another artist that had that happen, you know, where so many of us had that literally the rug pulled out from underneath us. And, you know, as an artist, you have to express, but there's some reliance on, you know, for me, it's that the longing for others to see and experience what I'm doing, because now what I'm doing is all about truth and expressing the truth of my being through what's coming through me, through the work. It's not me, right? It's expressing this history that I have of who I am and my own expression and truth. And, and, you know, and it's come through in the form of innocence of, of really understanding that the, the thing of that, that I, the thing that's most important is that I, I not only express from the innocent one that I, you know, that I am the true, like small little, the child, the, the, the little, one that you know created from the time they were very young 
you know, to save themselves from a traumatic childhood, you know, but, but um, that that one also, you know, I have to listen to that one and that that one touches others as well. You know, whether or not you like my work, it's really more about the feeling, you know, that, that behind it, um, which is this feeling of innocence. And on my website, it says, you know, I talk about how, like I have this series out right now that I'm doing called the Breathe series, and it's combining clearing with the painting. So you get a, you get a clearing with a painting. And that's just for people for listening who don't know what a clearing is. Can you do an oh explanation of it? Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's a it's a well, you could do an explanation. I've you done it. <laughs> you ta- you talk no, about not. it. You said, <laughs> Oh, well, you all I know so is yeah. you go somewhere for four days. And no, that's you an sit intensive in a room. Oh, that's an intensive. Oh, so just the one session. Yeah. Uh, you keep you someone asks you a question. Is it always the same question? Who are you? Well, in this case, the clearing is, I would say, tell me this about yourself. Tell me that. So it's like a, it's a one-on-one therapy, but it's not an evalu- evaluative therapy. It's not, it's sort of like you're processing and you're, you're in the moment. So you can, you can, you can come and, and do clearing for things like you've got a job that you're really after and you can do, you know, like clearing on the goal, you know, and the steps to take and what are the barriers to that goal? You can do clearing on relationship problems. You can do clearing on something that you really want in life, you know, life purpose clearing, there's money clearing, there's, you know, I think I did clearing to find the love of my life and look what I found. Hello, here I am. I'm right here. (laughs) Clearing works. Anyway, so that's what it, that's the deal, right? Well, this whole thing this year, I, you know, this past year, I'm not even thinking of the pandemic so much, but the breath to me was so, it, it was so hugely metaphorical. I, um, I heard, um, I was on a, on a talk, listening to a talk with Bill McKibben, you know who he is? The guy who, no, who no. wrote the end of nature. He's, he's one at three, uh, what is it? 365.org, I think is the, it's, he's, he's one of the premier climate change, uh, you know, I want to say guru, but that's a terrible term. He's just an amazing activist individual. Uh, I don't know if he's a scientist, but you can look at, look him up. But, you know, he was talking about how, um, you know, you look at the breath. I don't know if he even went as far as I'm going to, I'm going to go with it, but like George Floyd, you know, saying, I can't breathe. And then climate change, you know, causing problems with the, the, the lungs of the world, you know, and then you've got COVID, you know, which is about yeah. respiration and the breath. And then you've got all of us holding our breath with the White House that was in, you know, for the last four years. And, you know, I mean, there was so much that it was like so clear to me. Ah, <sighs> Right, that we just oh my god, <laughs> that we just, yeah, just right. to come back to this simple thing not breathing in yoga, not breathing in meditation, but breathing when you walk in the door and sitting down on your Marie Antoinette couch and just going, <laughs> Oh my god, I just need to, I'm just gonna sit for a second and and acknowledge that I'm breathing, you know, that I'm breathing, yeah, that I'm alive, that life is here, yeah. So therein lies what, you know, where for me, the Dharma is, you know, where I'm, for me, it's, it's about that moment by moment, mark by mark, you know, in the painting. I mean, that's how I work. I work mark by mark. I might put a little mark here and then I look and I breathe, you know, and there's like pause. There's a lot of pause in there. Sometimes it gets furious, but you know, like life does, but, um, (laughs) you know, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you find, um, I've always heard with painting, sometimes the hardest part is knowing when you're done? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have, gosh, I wish I would have, I wish I would have texted you this piece. So I just, I just told somebody two days ago, I said, I sent this painting, this photo. I texted a, a friend of my photo. Actually, it was my son. Look at this. I finished it. He's the one I always run, by, you know, I run it by. But since he's an 18 year old guy, I've got 12 texts that have gone unanswered. Because why? You know, why would he? <laughs> you know? Thanks, mom. <laughs> and then he calls and, you know, he's, he's wonderful. You know, that, I mean, like I said, you know, we love each other so deeply. But, um, but, you know, I sent him this and I said, I just finished it. Well, it had been hanging on the wall for about four weeks in the same state. And I walked in and I went, oh, it is done. It's done. And there is that point where, you know, some artists say they don't get it. Well, it's the same. So like with a song, right? Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you know? I mean, yeah, right. you just go, you write it. You and know when you, it's done. You know when it's done, right? Yeah, and you, you might, feel it, right? Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. And then you play it. Yep. And then that's sort of the litmus test, right? And then you yeah. start getting chills like I am now, like, Oh my God, this came out of me, right? Oh my God, right? Yeah. This this wasn't here before on this planet and now it is. That's right. You know, and so, and so herein lies my whole statement and my dharma, which is that I am the expression of the truth of my being, right? What I express, what you express comes through no one else on this planet, not one other soul. It's your expression. It's my expression. And it wasn't right. there before until you got your hands on it or until you put your heart into it or until you, sh- yeah. Oh, doesn't it just make you want to cry? It's like until you show yeah. up for it, you just have to yeah, show I'm up for it. I'm going to mute myself real quick while I cry. Yeah, we have had a podcast about just showing up. You do yeah. have to show up. Yeah, yeah. you just show That's up right. for yourself. You don't have to yeah. make big plans and like, you know, I should be doing this, that or the other. You know, it's just, you just show up and you go, I mean, how I started painting was I started drawing after Lawrence, the guy said to me, you know, artists don't do too well if they're not making art. And I started drawing these line, weird squiggles. And I did that for about two weeks. And then that's when I went, I found this class, but you know, I was doodling, I was doodling, you know, just like you do. Like if you pick up a guitar, would that be, would that be doodling to Dharma? (gasps) Oh! Don't. Okay. Copyright. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright number two, everybody. Copyright number two. The inhalation (laughs) of that was so funny. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That was such an that that just shows you how much it indicated to you. (laughs) Right. Well, then I then I thought like immediately what came through was doodling for Dharmic dummies. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Or Dharmic doodling for dummies. dummies. Dharmic doodling for dummies. (laughs) Okay, you guys, this seems like a perfect spot for us to play our game. It's five o'clock somewhere. Are you ready to play Cynthia D. Spillman? It's 4.59 here. So, yes. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Okay, Okay, wait. Can we we just keep talking until it hits? (laughs) Okay, okay. How crazy is that? Five o'clock here here yeah yeah it is i know that is sing will you sing in the sing for this next minute please jason well it's five o'clock somewhere i'll tell you what oh no 
<laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Please tell me it's five. Okay, it's Happy five o'clock. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. It is here. This will be super easy. Are you ready? Question number one. Yes. Oh, that's your. I could hear your dog. That's my dog. Out. Yeah, sorry. That's his. That's his <laughs> jingle collar. jangling. That's his. Collar. Yeah, I heard the jingle jangle. That's okay, so he's funny. done. It sounds he's like done. Christmas. I know it does. When okay, ready? When you yeah. leave this planet and go on to do other amazing things, what's the one thing you want people to remember about you? <sighs> that I did this podcast with you guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a life goal, right there. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. That's great. Uh, question number two: What's the best and worst thing about radio? Oh my god! Oh god, do we have till five twenty nine? The sun um, will come out <laughs> tomorrow. Right? Do we have till five tomorrow? Oh god, Julie. Yeah. Oh, that's you just hung me on that one. What is the best and worst thing about radio? Okay. Well, I the first best thing, there's a number of best things, right? The best, best, bestest thing is for people who love music more than anything on this earth, like me and you guys, that you get to walk into a job alone, that you get to be alone. <laughs> That's key, alone. That's the other bestest. For four hours alone, unless Julie's there, then she's always welcome. Otherwise, right. alone, listening to music as loud as you want, you know, thinking about what you're gonna say because the music is moving you. And um, yeah, you know, and, and then the you worst get paid. Thing? The worst thing? The worst thing is <laughs> that if somebody is sick, for sure you're gonna get it. <laughs> because, because Wait, I just filled in for somebody with COVID. <laughs> oh, Watch hey, it, bro. Uh oh. Right. No, it means is well, is like you've got you've got your little Mike Hotel germ. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's really a lot of worse things. I mean, there, well, there's a there, lot of worse things, but yeah. we'll move on. Well, I I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you know, there's certain music that I've had to play, which which can be difficult. It, it's not really Hotel cool. California. Yeah. Okay, don't name. even. Bob Seeger, come to Papa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to laugh so hard. We would like text each other when it was on. Come to Papa. Maybe, I don't want to come to Papa, brother. I don't no. want to come to Papa. Hotel California. Maybe we should go back to Annie and, and put the sun will come out tomorrow. Oh, no. American Pie and Hotel California and oh, come yeah. to Papa. American Pie, the ultimate. Okay, the question ultimate. number three. If you had to choose one, would it be trees or the ocean? Oh, God. Okay, so I, I've talked about this a lot. Trees, for sure. And so I live now a mile from the ocean, and then on the other side of me is the forest of Nicene Marks. And, yeah, it's trees. You're living the dream. All right, question yeah. number four. And I think I'm making, I might be able to guess this. What is the one thing your son has taught you? Oh, my God. Wow. He's, he's taught me, I think, first and foremost, that there is no love like it, you know. I mean, I'm a dog mother, as you know, and there's, he's just taught me a, a love that I never could have um, imagined on this universe. But, um, but, I mean, he's really taught me to be, be true to who I am. You know that that um, yeah, because he's 
he's so he's like I'm fine mom because I was fine then I'm fine now <laughs> but he you know he's he taught me that be be true to yourself you know that's awesome I'm wow I mean that's seriously one of the greatest answers I've ever heard in my life good uh, question seriously. number five what can you do today that you were not capable of a year ago oh, that's a good question um what can I do today well, I wasn't capable of not seeing my son for four months a year ago. And one day at a time, I've been, I've managed to do it. And also, oh, I know, I think I'm capable now of saying, you know, of like owning, owning, um, owning my path, owning my Dharma. You know, I, I mean, a year ago, I couldn't have called you and left that message. I wouldn't have called you and left that message. But actually being ready and, and really understanding that, man, let's face it, like today, this could be any of our last days, you know, it's like, and I mean, how much time do we have, you know, I, like, sure, yeah, right, like, like, it's, it's now the time is now, it really is, it's here, five o'clock is here. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> this might be the deepest five o'clock somewhere ever you're not kidding holy toledo i need to take a nap <laughs> it's, it's so powerful i'm like exhausted all right well In thank you for way. playing it's five o'clock somewhere and thank you so much for being the guest our guest on the because i have to podcast cynthia d spillman thank you for sharing your dharma with us Oh, honey, yeah, thank no you kidding. so much, you guys. I just I adore you, and, you know, I just thank you. It was really super fun. And people can find Good. your work. on uh, you have a website? Is it CynthiaSpillman.com? Yes, and then I'm on Instagram, Check out her too. paintings? Yeah, check out my paintings. What's your on, Instagram? Yeah. At Cynthia Spillman. At Cynthia Spillman Art. I have two, but at Cynthia Spillman Art. I just made that one. So I only, I only have, like, six pieces up on that one, but... Awesome. Right so on. great connecting with you. You're so beautiful. I know. It's been too long. It has, it has been. I hope when um when I come down there, let's just make a point of, you know, having something. Seeing each other. Seeing yeah. each other and beveraging. It's a date. Thank you, Cynthia. Stick around. We're beta testing the AfterPod Conversations post-podcast. Okay, guys, this is a new part of the program called the AfterPod where Jason and I talk to each other about how it went. Hey, folks, this is Frizzy. So I, you know, I think that was a really great interview. She is living her dharma like a mother. Ever. I can't uh, I gotta say, say though, um, I wonder if anyone listening feels the same way. She kind of made me feel like, gosh, maybe I'm not living, I'm not living my dharma. Hmm. I need to live I know. my dharma. I mean, it, doing this podcast is a step in the right direction. Yeah. But really feeling like the universe is coming through me. Hmm. That, that was definitely a deep one. I mean, again. It was a deep it, dive. It was a deep dive. And it makes you it makes you think, which could also maybe make you feel like, you know, put you in doubt a little bit. Like, well, wait, hold on. Am I? And I mean, uh, like her description and, and everything and what she's gone through was very vivid and exact. And maybe that's why it kind of puts you in a different realm or idea of like, well, shit, is that, I mean, am did I, did, why didn't I go through that? Or maybe you did, but she, she, maybe she was just more aware of it. I don't know. Well, it's, but I mean, it's you know, interesting... it's funny when someone really finds their dharma and lives it, you think that it's easy 
And, and right. the road there isn't necessarily. I mean, I knew her years ago when she was first moving up north from L.A. Yeah. And it wasn't easy times. I mean, even deciding to leave yeah. her son with her ex-husband and, no, and travel back and forth. I mean, even that's yeah. just a small part of it all. But No, I, I remember that, too. And it was just like, holy moly, she went from down here LA to okay well here's where I'm going this is the path I'm taking and you know she was saying she reminded me like oh yeah I remember I had to go down every week or every two weeks and I'm going to see my son and we're just like oh my god that is crazy but I get it and she did too she she yeah. understood it like oh right okay and she said only recently I think maybe this was off off air recently that things really came together so i mean there's yeah. times i think one of the biggest things is really digging into the you know whether it's the universe has my back or that my sensei jim fortin says everything has been is now and will be fine sometimes when you're the in the thick of something chaotic or dramatic happening it's hard to believe those things that everything's gonna be fine you know yeah but as she was saying, when it all aligns, it all aligns. I mean, it's so, I was trying to get, and I don't know if it came out right when we were talking to her, that it sounds so simple sometimes. It's sort of like, go live what your true passion is. I mean, isn't that the most simple thing in the world? Yeah, right. Sort of, to <laughs> Wait, on one degree, no. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, go live your passion. Okay, uh... No, it's well, that's why I was saying, like, what she was saying was super deep that maybe even a lot of people don't even think about or consider or whatever. And that's okay. There's nothing like wrong about that, but it just kind of makes you look a little bit further and you go, damn, my God. And her She's son a, being the one that, like, really just right, helped isn't that her they go, say that holy. The children teach you. They really do. Friends, listeners, you have kids, I'm sure. You know what this we don't have like. kids to tell us what we should be doing. We have Rayla telling us to uh, do the. We have Rayla telling us the... it's time to go outside. I have to go beep me. She's definitely one of my favorite people that I love so much, and I haven't really kept in touch enough. So that was another signal today. She's someone I need to keep in my life more often. She brings joy. She really does. I mean, she, you know, as little as I know her, I feel like I know her and connect with her pretty heavily in a very positive way because she's she's really she is just her she's nothing else she's not like this whatever image or what it's just like hey yeah. i'm cynthia d how's it going and you're just like can we like could i just hug you can I just hug say you? what's up can i hug <laughs> you like a weirdo and just go hey <laughs> oh wait we can't hug we will soon though cynthia be prepared we're gonna be hugging you like nobody's business watch out now Thanks for tuning in to the AfterPod. See you next time, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast. Don't miss an episode by clicking subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with your friends. And if you dug what you heard, leave us a great review. And if you know somebody living their dharma, because they have to, and you think they'd be a great guest, email us at podcast at gmail.com. Till next time. <laughs>